How we doing? Pretty good. Good. I'm just relaxing here for a couple minutes. Decided to play some Street Fighter. Mm. It's been a while. You know what I mean? Yep. When was the last time you played? Oh, it's been a while. Oh. All right. You got all your notes ready for the show? I'm just going in cold because we're if we're talking about the Roadrunner. There's not there's not that many of them. I know. Not that many of them, and probably cross-reference other chasing type cartoons and yeah, just see how this goes. So who should I play as here? I don't know. Come on, you have a favorite or two. You're playing Street Fighter Four, right? Yes. Okay, no Karen then. Super Street Fighter Four Arcade Edition. Ah. Street Fighter Four starting to get Street Fighter Two itis. Mm-hmm. That's why I jokingly called Ultra Street Fighter Four Ultra Super Turbo Street Fighter Four EX World <laughs> Edition, <laughs> which is not. The longest name a real Street Fighter game got. No. <laughs> I mean, how many iterations of two were there again? There was five. Yeah. I'm trying to make my controller act as much like a like a, a PS uh, as much like a PS uh, three controller. Ah. I can't lose the Dan. Sure you can. No, I can't. No, I can't lose the Dan. See? <laughs> yes, I'm playing as Sakura because she's Sakura. my favorite character. Dan always starts with a... He always spams that kick. I love Chen Li, but her combos are too hard to do because you have to like hold back two seconds, hold forward two seconds. Yeah. The people who master that... You know what I mean? Yeah. That's not fair. I got an ultra finisher, though. What really helps with that is you can actually assign a button to be, you know, three punch and the assign a button to be three hit. Mm. Now you're going to tell me why that's wrong. No. Okay, some people would be like, well, that's not fair. That the, in, the, in the old days, you had to actually press those three buttons. <laughs> the Alpha Collection on PS2 had a pretty elegant solution for that. It did? Yeah. If you, you, if you wanted to do like a like a three-level uh, attack, super attack, you just use the the hardest punch or kick button. If you wanted, like, a, a two-level attack, you use the medium, and then if you want one, it's the light punch or kick, which is pretty awesome. That's a pretty good collection, too. I should get to playing that more. Oh, shit. I jumped right into it. Come on, I'm not that... I'm not this... I'm not... I'm not, I'm not this rusty. Okay, I am this rusty. Let's try this again, and this will be my last match. Crap. I got to get some good hits on. I can't just exchange. Oh, shit. Shit, every time I jump, she's ready for me. Okay, I'm, I suck. I suck. Mm. Whew. Yep. A little rusty there. A little rusty. The Webcast Beacon Network has been covering and promoting creativity and the creative process since 2007, starting with the Webcomic Beacon, a topical webcomics podcast with a jovial bunch of misfits like your local morning radio show. Also, the Webcomic Beacon Newscast, recaps, reviews, and discussions of community and industry news relative to comic creators, especially of digital distribution. Also, the Tropecast, the ever-tangential discussion of literary and visual memes. And finally, 
web fiction world. Before web comics, there was independent and self-published web release written fiction and literature. Find this all at webcastbeacon.com. Be sure to grab a master RSS feed or master iTunes feed and not miss a thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Just out of out of curiosity, I, I looked up the the one Roadrunner cartoon that was done by Bob McKimson. Yes. And of all of the the post Chuck Jones Roadrunner cartoons, this is easily the best. Really? Yeah. I mean, I'm not a big fan of Bob McKimson, but he actually does okay here. It's like the guy that the guy that did did all the ones after him. He's fucking terrible. Rudy Lariva. Uh, well, well, we're not talking even about the CG ones. No, not the CG ones. You know, you know, Bob McKimson even did the uh, the uh, Plymouth Roadrunner commercial. Really? Yes. Remember when that was a thing? Mm. Plymouth had a car called the Roadrunner. And... I remember. I remember the Roadrunner. Okay. Oh, Chuck Jones came back and did a few more. Uh, he did Roadrunner cartoon. He did one Roadrunner cartoon in the nineties. Let's see what this. This is probably going to be painful. It, it late Chuck Jones was painful. Mm, I just want to see. Let me let me start the show. Uh, hello, okay, hello, and welcome again to Animation Aficionados. Uh, this show's Ben, and tonight we are talking about Roadrunner cartoons. You of course know my co-star, TV Sister Neil, super genius. And he had to reference the one time while he spoke, and it was terrible. <laughs> I didn't mind speaking his speaking roles, but it, well, in my opinion, what made Roadrunner work so well was just the expressions, the pantomiming, the music, and then just to have him talk is like it, it took away some of the mystique from Wiley. You know what I mean? There have been worse things that have happened to Wiley Coyote. Most of them on screen, but uh, but uh, yeah, let's. Uh, Neil has told me that there was a 90s Roadrunner cartoon done by Chuck Jones. Yeah, I'm actually watching it right now. It's not bad. Give me a link. Because really, when you think about the Roadrunner cartoons, the, there's not that many, number one. It's, uh, yeah. Roadrunner was actually a fairly late addition to the, uh, to, the, uh, to the Warner Brothers stable compared to most of the other characters that we know and love, like yeah. Porky and, uh, and Bugs and Daffy. I mean... Road Roadrunner is at least, you know, twenty years younger than those guys. Mm-hmm. Wow, this actually looks like a classic Chuck Jones. Yeah, it's a couple shots are just a little bit off, but otherwise, you would be hard pressed to really say that this is a newer cartoon. No, this and, looks no, this looks like if this was done in the '60s. Yeah, it totally does. It's like, and again, I think it goes along with my theory that I that I said about. Uh, uh, John K. cartoons is that the reason they look older, or that we we associate this style with older, is just the color theory. It's like they yeah, don't like, they don't go with like the brightest possible colors. These are all like kind of subdued colors, even though they're kind of pinks and blues, and they look like they're bright, but they're really not. Yeah. No, there's some newer there there are there are some newer th- the animation uh, uh, studies you know done here. Yeah. Like, uh, like the the line theory is is definitely a newer line theory than Jones had back then. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this you know this is definitely him playing around. This is definitely him with more of a budget to play around. Yeah. Because because back then there was a charm to it, 
because there was a whole lot of uh, there was a there was there was a whole lot of you know trying to make stuff work with what they had you know yeah. and and part of what made Roadrunner work was was here's a chance to like almost uh, make fun of the American uh, the American uh, you know Midwest where there's plateaus and and lots of uh, mm-hmm. lots of empty desert and yeah this is uh, very char- characteristically Utah yes and bec- and he was and he used the barren wasteland to his advantage yeah. with 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 his budget yeah other than the cactuses that that part of the U.S. Lo- looks like a, a lunar landscape. Yeah, some could say no. No, I don't even want to get into that because <laughs> it's bullshit. You <laughs> uh. you know I had to do it. Yeah. <sighs> but yeah, I'm and, I'm actually quite impressed with this uh, newer cartoon. I it is. It's a good cartoon. And this easily looks like it could have been done one by one of Jones' contemporaries, mm-hmm. not just Jones. You know, I, I see a little bit of the characterization of newer animators here, which which I know is not happening because I didn't see the newer animators' names on it. Because I see I see a little uh, a, a little bit of the theories of uh, John Kay here, not a lot, but a little bit, mm-hmm. and which which is actually kind of funny considering what John Kay said about Chuck Jones. Yeah, but yeah, there is a little bit of that. It, it's very subtle, but you see it. Yeah, well, which just shows that Jones never stopped learning. He was always willing to experiment. This is classic. This is classic Chuck Jones art artwork, yeah. though. You look at it, and you go, oh, this is Chuck Jones. But yeah, you definitely see you definitely see him learning lessons, you know, from all his years of animation. Yeah, just so people out there know, it's called Chariots of Fur. Yeah, it, this is this actually pleases me because I really thought that Chuck Jones went out on a pretty bad note with like another Froggy Night and and the Duck the, Dodgers sequel. Yeah, the Duck Dodgers sequel, and he did he did one with Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd as they were kids or something like that, and it, and not they weren't really good cartoons, and this this one is actually very good. Glad to yeah. see one in his later years that actually turned out as the original cartoons had been. Yes. Well, even then, the color color theory isn't exactly spot on with the classics. The classics had much more, you know, had had much stronger, you know, uh, dark reds and yeah, and but yellows. it's it's pretty close. I mean, it is close. I'm, I'm giving it that. It is pretty close, but yeah. One one of my favorite memories of uh, Chuck Jones' uh, Roadrunner is one where where uh, Wiley wore a Batman suit. Oh yeah, the the green Batman suit. Yes, which. You know, which was the gayest Batman suit ever until uh, George Clooney topped it many years later. Oh, hey, it wasn't his fault. I blame the director, Joel. Joel Schumacher. Uh, what what made what made it work was here's Wiley Coyote, and he's constantly you know using all these weird inventions and and Rube Goldberg Rube Goldberg esque devices which was a classic thing with chuck jones chuck jones loved Rube goldberg devices oh yeah that's what that's what the, the whole cartoon was about is uh wiley coyote always getting these ridiculous acne products that were way more complicated than they needed to be right <laughs> it's also sometimes simple things like maybe you know he jumps on a on a board and the board flips over 
and then hits a rock, the rock becomes a fulcrum for a lever or something. Yeah. And it's it's always it's always something that that's unexpectedly happens. And and a lot of the early Chuck Jones uh, Roadrunners, you know, I I, I I wouldn't say all of them, but most of them have at least one uh, one uh, one uh, perspective gag. Mm-hmm. Where either Chuck, you know, either Chuck has the uh, the the coyote, you know, put up a board somewhere off off a bridge and paint like a bridge there, uh, on the board, or the more classic tunnel. Yeah, the tunnel, usually a train tunnel, and yeah, the the roadrunner would run right through it, and then he'd he'd go to run through it, and either one of two things would happen: either he would slam against the brick wall, or he'd go to run in there, and there'd be a train coming. Yes. <laughs> I just love absurdist humor. <laughs> Actually, one time, right before he was going to run into it, a car came in from the side and hit him. <laughs> because that's what Chuck Jones loved to do is like, okay, you're expecting this now. Yeah. Option three. <laughs> and and like I said, what made it work was the fact that they didn't really talk, and the times when Wiley needed to talk to the audience, he just put held up a board. Yeah. There was one Chuck Jones Wiley Coyote I I remember seeing. I can't track down. It's one that actually cuts to two kids watching Roadrunner. Yeah. In their living room, and one kid says, "Gee, I feel bad for the coyote. I wish I could catch that bird someday." You know. You remember what? that one? I do know what you're talking about. I think that was made specifically for the for the TV earrings, and that's why you can't find it. It's that it's not. I think they spliced it into a cartoon, but it was never part of the actual theatrical version. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, and well, it's kind of obvious too because they're watching it on TV versus I, watching I, I, it in I, the theater. I know, but one of them, one of the kids is wearing a cowboy hat. And... Yeah. You know, it's 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 like it's like that old Saturday morning thing. You know, go back to our Saturday morning episode, where you know the kids like get dressed up and ready to, for ready for Saturday morning way back when. Yeah. And. And that's not all that uncommon either. I think, I think Chuck Jones Studio was uh, also commissioned for a few of the the Tom and Jerry's when, anytime they had, uh, well not not anytime, but for certain cartoons where they had uh, Mammy Two Shoes. They changed it to like a, a thin white teenager, and it was in a couple cartoons that they did this, and they did a okay job of uh, making the the Chuck Jones stuff look like the Hanna Barbera stuff. So yeah, they, it's not unusual for them to kind of re-edit old cartoons for TV. Right. Yeah. Like I said, that's that's what I imagine. You yeah. know, it's uh, that's what I remember. The the, uh, the two kids are like, gee, I wish that. Coyote can catch that bird sometimes. <laughs> There's actually in the Chuck Jones era one time where Wiley does catch the Roadrunner. One time. I don't remember this. It's it's a gag catch because what happened? They ran through a pipe, mm-hmm. and the pipe kept getting smaller until they came out small. Yeah. So Wiley's like, "Stop it! Stop!" Told the Roadrunner, "Stop!" They ran through the other way. The Roadrunner came back big. Wiley was still small. Mm-hmm. He actually grabbed. The Roadrunner's foot. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, I remember. And that. then he yelled up aside, "Okay, wise guys, you want me to catch him? <laughs> what do you want me to do with him now?" The biggest thing is nobody really got Roadrunner, you know, you know, afterwards because the the whole thing was about the expressions, the music. Yeah. It it can be it can be uh, 
yeah, it can be pared down to a few different things. It's it's the Rube Goldberg devices, it's the expressionism, and it's the uh, the landscape. The landscape is very stylized. And once you go beyond the the Chuck Jones years, and you get into this Rudy Lariva guy who did a lot of the the later ones, they're just not funny. It's like the 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 coyotes like stone faced through the entire cartoon, and you know maybe he'll maybe he'll do like a slack jaw. Uh, expression if he's about to hit a truck or something but they're just not what's funny is is during the chuck jones years when you know his his nose would twitch or his uh or he'd kind of like you know flick the end of his nose with his with his finger or something you know all these like little subtle expressions where he's kind of wiggling his eyebrows and stuff and there's none of that after chuck jones is gone and so he sometimes he gives a sarcastic look or a knowing look to the audience Yeah, Chuck and Jones. It's... Chuck Jones is like the master of the face. He he just knew how to make really funny expressions. He really did, and I think that's that's what's missing. It's because what I found out there's this abomination of uh, CG Roadrunner cartoons. Yeah, and they're bad. Yeah, it, it's not even that it's CG. It's just that it's bad CG. I mean. The Roadrunner kind of looks like he's on Maul, but the Coyote, they did some stuff to him. Mm-hmm. You know, now his nose is like big and drooping. And and his... You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and the thing is, the gags are just not funny anymore. It's just... Yeah. Well, they're not even really gags anymore. It, it, it's like, you know, there's one where the Coyote catches the Roadrunner in a glass uh, booth... And what does he do? He takes out his iPhone, takes a picture of him with the coyote, with the with the Roadrunner. See, I, I start to sigh whenever I see uh, the coyote ordering anything from Acme over a computer. That should never happen. It almost it's it's so stiff it almost feels like claymation. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is. Stiff. You know why? You know you know why I think the the nose is drooping down. It's because. Uh, Old cartoon designs, like sometimes they just don't work in 3D. Like I noticed this in uh, in the very brief period that I was playing Kingdom Hearts, is that if you look at Goofy straight on, his his the end of his snout almost completely obscures his eyes, so that he cannot possibly be looking at what he appears to be looking at. Mm. So it's just use Kingdom Hearts as a reference for animation design. Only only in terms of explaining why. Why old cartoon designs don't really work in three dimensions? So why they have to be 2D because they just—they're not—they're not made for CG. Do you see this? Yeah, this is this is not funny. I mean, it's better. I guess it's better than the than the uh, than the later cartoons. It it's you know because. Almost nothing is happening to the to the coyote. The coyote, the jokes are, you know, all yeah, the coyote all, gets all horribly the, hurt. All the multitude of ways that the coyote gets hurt. And actually, you're right. This is actually really polite to the coyote. Yeah. This this I, is this is, this is almost civil to the coyote. Yeah, it's kind of like the later Ren and Stimpy's where uh, the network got involved and they're like, well, Ren has to be nice to Stimpy, and it's people who don't understand comedy it's some soccer mom who doesn't want anything offensive so we we have to kill the comedy 
And, and like I said, I, I always prefer the coyote not speaking. Because mm. I, I think that, you know, the, that forces the animators to pantomime more. Because the second that you can speak, you know, yes, there can be some very good expressions while speaking, but you know what I mean? Well, if anyone if anyone had to do it, I I prefer that it be Chuck Jones. I know, but the one where he was going against Bugs Bunny. Yeah. And he had that voice, Wiley Coyote, super genius. And now that I think about it, I think there were three cartoons where he went up against he went up against Bugs Bunny. Two where he was speaking, and then there was one where it was like. Bugs Bunny was filling in for the Roadrunner for some reason. What well, we forgot to mention one of the best uh, one of the best uh, gags, visual gags that Roadrunner has. What's that? Every time a Roadrunner cartoon starts, there's always the freeze frame. Oh yeah, the freeze frame. It's always like the with the, the fake scientific name. Yeah, the the taxonomy. It's like delicious uh, something, you know. <laughs> and the road and the the coyote would be like. Uh, carnivorous appetitis or something like that yes and that, that's what i loved about it because it, because to a kid you know in in that grade school you don't learn about scientific names yet but when you see something like that you want to learn about it so this promotes a lot of trying to understand the natural world i think mm-hmm. yes i'm saying this i really believe this i don't think it would it promotes anything other than <laughs> other than humor <laughs> it's like it's making fun of taxonomy that's what it's doing <laughs> Well, Charles Darwin would be ashamed, but uh, no, no. But what, what I love about Wiley is that Wiley has a, you know, a design cousin, you know, Ralph Sam Wolf. and Ralph. Yeah. yeah, Ralph the wolf, Sam the sheepdog, and they were, they were, you know, what I love about the Sam and Ralph cartoons is it's 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 just a ridiculous setting where you have a sheepdog and a and a wolf that are best friends. Mm-hmm. And but they have a job to do every nine to five, where they're mortal enemies until the clock beeps. Mm-hmm. And once the clock beeps, you know, then you know, w- once you know, lunch break happens or the end of the day happens, then you know, then they're buddies again. Mm-hmm. And all the horrible things that that Sam the Sheepdog does, you know, Ralph instantly forgives because it's just a job. And I, I don't know what kind of you know what kind of statement this is, or if this was just a really good joke. I think this is just a really good joke, yeah. more than a statement. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like it's like it's so routine that it's like a job to them. Yeah. Morning, Sam. Morning, Ralph. And and they they always clock in and clock out and yeah. And there's always respect paid to the fact that they're on the job. Except for one time that the wolf actually did start fucking around with the clock. That's true, but but there's also they they also have night shift versions of themselves. <laughs> remember that, like a skinnier sheepdog and a. Uh, I think I do remember that. Yeah. And a major looking wolf. Mm-hmm. I forgot their names, but they do exist. Yeah. And the Samuel and Ralph cartoons are great to look at because at the beginning, you know, they, they're just buddies, but as it goes on, they actually live with each other. Right. And it, it's, it's, like I said, it's really funny that you could work with somebody and live with somebody, be best friends with somebody, and then... Clock in and be the antagonist. Yes. Because, because obviously, you know, Ralph doesn't need the sheep. He doesn't eat the sheep. He has, he has a 
he has a you know he has he drinks coffee he eats sandwiches with 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 Sam he doesn't need it mm-hmm. he's just doing it because it's his job he's 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 a wolf right yeah I really love the break time uh, segment because it's them eating together and yeah it, you know, if in certain cartoons they're smoking together or reading the paper yeah <laughs> see now I'm I'm watching. One of the newer Roadrunner cartoons called The Wizard of Ow, which is which is uh, horrendous. I mean, this I think this came out with uh, with back in action, and it's about that quality. Uh, you know who constantly makes Roadrunner jokes, but he who still doesn't really get Roadrunner. Who's that? Seth. Yeah, he's like the complete opposite of the uh, termite terrorists mentality i mean his whole gag revolves around okay the coyote just got the roadrunner mm-hmm. that that's his whole gag i mean with without without 30 years of, of of chuck jones working into the social consciousness seth seth has no gag no it's a referential gag only right yeah um yeah i'm just exasperated watching this cartoon because it it sort of looks like the old cartoons, but it's like you could tell it's like reduced to a formula. It's like the the wolf hat. It, this there, it's actually better than the than the CG one we watched earlier. But oh god, the jokes are so they're overthought, and the the whole uh, making you expect one thing and then swerving and giving you another is completely lost on this person who did this. And right, that's the thing. That's the yeah. thing. Like I said, in a lot of the Chuck Jones ones, there was always that perspective gag. Yeah. And you know, like like we said, you know, either he tries to run into the wall, hits the wall, a truck comes out of the wall, or like I said, the third time he had a, a car come in from the side. Yeah. Or there's always the uh, there's always the complete subversion of gravity. Yeah, where like, where where something where a lever or something's about to go and then it just sticks. Yeah. Or one of my favorite jokes is when uh, uh, he, something happened to to the to the cliff where uh, where there's an edge of a cliff and somewhere between it and uh, the rest of the cliff it gets it gets cut out and for some reason because the oh god I'm describing this horribly but for some reason because the, the roadrunner's standing on it it remains it remains floating in air and the the coyote ends up falling yes yeah and there's the joke where they're holding up the signs like don't you know you're defying gravity and and Roadrunner ultimate science says I've never studied law or something like that. Yeah, actually, one of my one one I have to mention, which I didn't think was too good, was uh, there was one where I don't know which one this is, but I keep on remembering remembering this. It's it's where Roadrunner and Speedy Gonzalez. Yeah, I don't think that's a Chuck Jones one. In fact, I don't I'm think so. Pretty either. sure it's not. Because they're like having a race, and uh, Sylvester yeah. and uh, Wiley team up, and they win the race or something. Yeah, that's that's another one where someone did not understand the concept of cartoons, and instead of instead of thinking, uh, you know, what what could these gags be? How can we make this six minute of cartoon funny? They said, hey, let's do a crossover. People like crossovers. No, we don't. <laughs> No, only very bad people do this. You got to have a reason for the crossover. Otherwise, it's not 
Otherwise, you're just showing up at the end to make a hackney gag, and yeah, you you lose your viewers. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, and we have to we have to mention another uh, person who was involved in the Roadrunner cartoons, which was Michael Maltese. He's he's got a lot of story writing credits, but he's also, I believe, he was the background painter for a lot of these cartoons. He's the he's the guy who who is really to be credited for the way all these cartoons looked and felt and felt. Yeah. I mean, the, it, it's, it's always a Chuck Jones esque thing where something looks, you know, if you look at something and it looks like it could be carpet, then, Oh, in this cartoon, it will be carpet. Like, uh, like grass. I remember, you know, whenever there's like a nice lawn, one of the characters could actually lift off the slipped up the side of the lawn and it's like a carpet. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute, it's not Michael Mal- I I'm sorry, I'm confusing Michael Maltese with someone else. Um I'll I'll try to look for it, but uh but yeah, the I really I really love the, the color theory of the old cartoons and how you know what I'm trying to say. The uh Yes. The palette. Yeah, the color palette. How it's very subdued. But it, it that does being subdued doesn't mean dark. I think a lot of a lot of people assume that uh you know, if you if you subdue your colors that means you're you're going to be all drab and that's really not that's really not what the point of the theory is it's like if you make if you make subdued colors then anything that's bright will pop and that's why a lot of a lot of old cartoons have a really good look to them and a lot of newer ones where they just you know use the primaries you know they like 80s and and beyond you know they don't look as good they don't look as nice and you could really like He-Man. See, yeah, like you know, yeah, He-Man is one of the big offenders. Yeah, He-Man is like all pink and purple and and bright green, yellows and green. Greens. Yeah, green. Um, like man of like man of war, he's painful to look at. I'm not I'm not talking about the the character designs. I'm just talking about the background painting. No, but, I mean his but his design is all pink and it's it, no it's it's all it's all uh, greens and yellows and shit, yeah. but it's it's the wrong greens and yellows. Yeah. And and Shira was even worse because uh, it had it was it was basically a girls' cartoon, so they went even more ridiculous. I mean the the forest was like, like all bright blue and and pink and oh god it yeah filmation I'm gonna say it again was really the worst animation studio ever. <laughs> yes. So 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 but, eat it. Yeah, but. In in the Roadrunner cartoons, you can have stuff in the background that's pink, but it doesn't look wrong because you're not using like hot pink or or a really bright color of pink. You're using a subdued pink. Using one that's supposed to be a background color, or yeah, it's a interesting thing. Is uh, Tweety Bird originally was pink? Yeah, but he was kind of a gross pink, <laughs> like a flesh tone pink. Yeah, he was he was flesh pink. <laughs> And what happened was someone up up top says you can't have a naked bird. You have to give him feathers. Yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, Wiley I, Wiley Coyote. Super I think genius. it always works better quiet, silent. And and like I said, it's uh, you see other people doing Wiley Coyote jokes and and stuff, and they're they're really playing off a of thirty years of of shared consciousness of what. Chuck Jones built. 
And even then, you know, Seth MacFarlane had this one Wiley e. Coyote cartoon where Wiley e. kills the kills the Roadrunner, eats him, and then his whole life falls apart. And the whole gag is he becomes a uh, a uh, Jehovah's Witness. That's the gag. I'm gonna cut him a little bit of slack just because the joke is kind of to the point of this is why he never catches the Roadrunner because it wouldn't be funny. Okay, the guy I was thinking of the the uh, the background designer it wasn't it wasn't Michael Maltese it was Maurice Noble that's the other guy I was thinking of mm. who is really responsible for all the great background paintings. Yes, yes, God, that was going to drive me nuts if I didn't find it. What works is there's not a whole lot of uh, thought behind it, mm. and I don't say that as a bad thing. I say that as a good thing because because the problem is people would go into doing a Coyote Roadrunner thing. And put too much thought behind it. Well, where, where do they live? What do they do? I mean, how does he eat at night if he doesn't eat the the Roadrunner? And, and then all this stuff would be put into it. And all of a sudden you have something like the Looney Tunes show. Yeah. Like I said, it's like riding by soccer moms. Yeah. Well, and, and part of it is is people, they have to make everything make sense. Yeah. I mean... Where does he live? What's his job? How can he afford all these things? How does he order them? <laughs> you know, there isn't even continuity between each of the cartoons. Exactly. And but like I said, what I think really kills it is when people start doing that, start you know putting that level of thought into a Roadrunner cartoon, and then you kill it. You kill yeah. it before it even starts. Yeah, when the whole the whole concept of the cartoon is so much simpler than what they're trying to make it out to be. Yeah. Yeah, I was just looking at something today, and I can't. Oh, I know what it was. It was uh, uh, the Clerks cartoon. How there was there were certain jokes that uh, they were they were trying to pitch to the network, and the network execs would like totally not get the joke and go even even further to to subvert the humor in such a way that like you know let's completely destroy the setup of the joke by having everything end nicely. And it's like you you do realize that you just destroyed the whole setup here. It's like. Why? Why even have the setup at all now? But you're just gonna like have a non-ending. It's like it's like having having the the coyote paint something on the wall, and then the roadrunner sees that it's a painting and then goes somewhere else, and then nothing ever happens again. That's the sort of subversion of humor that like a lot of these people try to try to insert into these cartoons. People today who like do do not understand humor, and yet they're in charge of uh, of programming on Cartoon Network or Nickelodeon. Yep, the same the same sort of people who who completely destroyed Ren and Stimpy after season two. <laughs> well, that was that was helped out in the process by lots of different factors. Yeah, and John Kay isn't exactly blameless in that either. And the wreck of the Eddie Fitzgerald. <laughs> Eddie Fitzgerald is the one guy who uh, walked out of that with a with a clean conscience. Oh, at least he didn't say had. Well, that too. Yeah, the wreck of the Eddie Fitzgerald. It's time for intermission, boys and girls. Do you like retro shows? Did you grow up in either the 80s or the 90s? Then tune into Telecast, geekcastradio.com's newest podcast. Join us here on the Telecast as we revisit some of your favorite shows, such as Clarissa Explains It All, Salute Your Shorts, Saved by the Bell, and much, much more, only on geekcastradio.com. Are you looking for a weekly dose of gaming news and retro? 
And check out Off the Cuff, available Fridays on GeekCast Radio Network from the producers of XRG. New name, same Yes, that's right. We have traveled to Eternia to enter Castle Grayskull. Join Optimus Solo and TF Joe and Mike as they find themselves telling tales of Eternia. We cover all things He-Man in this 45-episode-long podcast. You can find us on iTunes and www.geekassradio.com. By the power of Grayskull, we all have the power. And now, back to the show. But on the on the topic of like how you know you can't overthink cartoons, I mean, just, just look at, like, Look at Red and Snippy, or look at Tom and Jerry, and how you know these characters. There's there's no continuity between the cartoons. These characters like always live in different places. There's no two Tom and Jerry cartoons where they, where they even live in the same house. Right. Yeah. I mean, his original owner was a was a black woman. Yeah. Well, if you want to really. And his want name to be te- was Jasper. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you really want to be technical. The original owner was a little girl. The first cartoon. Yeah, the first cartoon where he's named Jasper. It was just it was a little girl who was like putting in a, putting him in a baby carriage. I th- I, th- I thought I could have sworn that it was it was the black woman too because I remember her, her shouting Jasper. You know what? Yeah, you're right. That he still was named Jasper when they started using Mammy Two Shoes, but I was just saying that technically the very first Tom and Jerry cartoon it was didn't even have Mammy Two Shoes. It was like some little bratty girl. <laughs> That's the one where she feeds him castor oil at the end, and both Tom and Jerry end up vomiting. Yeah, no one today remembers castor oil. It's what it yeah. used to take for an upset stomach back in the day. Yeah. And you don't want to know what castor oil is made out of. You don't. No, I'm like, I remember watching that as a kid, and I'm like, castor oil? What the hell is that? And it's it, made out of beaver testicles. Oh, you didn't have to tell me that. <laughs> and the nearest thing I could, uh, I could associate it with was like, Castrol motor oil. <laughs> Castrol tech. Yeah, and I'm like, is that what it is? You know, my 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 childhood mind was able to put together etymology like that. No, it's made out of beaver testicles. Oh God. Another childhood dream ruined by Ben. Uh, but anyway, back to the. Castor oil is also olive oil's brother. That's true. <laughs> He used to be the star of Thimble Theater. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> there's lots there's lots of nineteen forties humor in those old cartoons that you really don't get anymore. The re oh. like the whole anvil thing. Mm-hmm. Back in the day everyone knew what an anvil was. Everyone knew that was a really heavy thing. Yeah. And nowadays it's I, I think it's I know what an anvil is and I, I don't think it's it's quite as funny anymore because you know when you see a character like lift up an anvil, you know number one that's impossible mm-hmm. <laughs> with how easy they do it I should say maybe a twenty five pounder but those were bigger than twenty five pounders but uh... I always love when I whenever uh, Chuck Jones would have one of his characters kind of try to lift something heavy like that and they they wouldn't just lift it over their heads they would kind of they would really have to struggle with it. They would kind of like waddle around and the background music would be like, do, 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 do. <laughs> they're trying to move yeah. this anvil from one place to another. And then, and then as soon as it's over their head, it's like, dun, dun, and then beep, beep. 
Yeah, the Drop music, it. the music in old Chuck Jones cartoons are is just brilliant. As as with all uh, old old Looney Tunes cartoons, but in in uh, in the Roadrunner cartoons, it had to be especially uh, mindful of the animation, just because of uh, there was no talking going on. So a lot of your a lot of your Foley sounds were coming through music. You know, whenever they would whenever they would have footballs, you wouldn't hear like actual footballs. You would hear the music going dun 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 dun. Yeah, yeah. Which is and, another art that modern cartoons don't really get. Yeah, a and, lot of those old cartoons. <laughs> I keep cutting you off. A lot of those old cartoons <laughs> were actually timed with music sheets. Uh, the little termite terrace guys were were musicians. Of course they were. Yeah. But what's really interesting to me about the Roadrunner cartoons is is Roadrunner got his own billing for a while, and when, like I said, when we looked at it, Roadrunner had actually a really short cartoon repertoire mm-hmm. compared to, like, say, Porky or, or well, Bugs already had his own show, or uh, Sylvester and Tweety, they had a, they had a much longer cartoon list, but you know, Roadrunners is actually quite short compared to those guys. Right. I mean, I I would dare say that uh, that there are about as many Roadrunner cartoons as there are. Uh, what's his name? Uh, the Goat. Uh. Gabby Goat. Yes. I think there are actually more. Gabby was not really around that long. But the reason why there are so few Roadrunner cartoons is just because of how late he came out. Right. Let's see. Are you sure there were lots of Gabby Goats? Um, I don't I don't really think he was around all that long. Yeah, the earliest okay, the earliest Roadrunner cartoon was nineteen forty nine, which is is pretty late. Yeah, consi- considering a lot of the Golden Age stuff that Jones did was like closer to uh, like forty two, forty three. Yeah. I mean, yeah, th- these cartoons are a lot older than people think they are. But yeah, it's it's actually really fascinating looking at how because when Roadrunner rolled out, Roadrunner was pretty much in his final form. Same with Wiley Coyote. Oh yeah. Uh, and all the other characters had a long, almost painful evolution. Actually, a lot of the a lot of the earlier ones they evolved very quickly. I mean, Bugs Bunny was was in his final form within the within like five cartoons. I mean that that goofy one where he has kind of the dopey voice that that only appeared in two cartoons. Well, what about well? Porky went through an evolution as well as did. Uh, yeah, Porky's da- was a little longer, but not all that long. And uh, Daffy, Daffy wasn't super long, but Daffy went from being small to being big. Yeah. But his 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 nutballiness was always there. But he, I would say his character was set before his design was set. Yeah. No, no. To, to me, to me, Roadrunner is definitely like a second era because Roadrunner was pretty much created in in his final form. Yeah. Everyone else, there was lots of feeling about, you know, what's this character like? Uh, you know, what 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 makes this character tick? Mm-hmm. I mean, Porky went through a lot. Okay, I just I've... looked it up. Gabby Goat was only ever in three cartoons. Okay, never mind. Because, yeah. well, the thing is, Porky kind of replaced them as the straight man. And I think that's what happened is people realized Porky was a good straight man. Well, actually, he started with Porky in all the cartoons. Who they replaced him with was Daffy. In fact, oh. they, they re... Uh, exactly, they, you're right, you're they right. They remade TikTok Tucker with Daffy Duck. You're right. 
I, I it's the other way around. Yeah. But, but yeah, Porky worked great as a straight man, and that, that that sort of was when they really defined him because when he used to be trying to be like a a protagonist, it didn't really work. No. They always had to pair him with somebody, be it Sylvester or or Daffy or. Mm-hmm. Actually, he was paired with Sylvester and Daffy more than any. I don't ever remember him being paired with Bugs. No, he. I think he only appeared with Bugs twice. And, and one of them and, was the was the was the was the apartment, not the apartment, the hotel cartoon. Okay, three times. But like there was the very first, technically the very first appearance of Bugs was one where was also a Porky Pig cartoon, and then one of the very last theatrical cartoons was the Bugs Bunny cartoon in which Porky Pig cameoed. Hmm. And then there's the hotel one, and those are the only three that I know of. And as Neil put it, the hotel one is the last time that Daffy gives real praise to Bugs. Yeah. <laughs> because any other time afterwards, it comes off as forced. Yeah. What's really interesting is that one was actually remade for color. And the color theory is very close to what you see in, like, a Chuck Jones cartoon. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's uh, Neil, you said it was your theory that Jones was actually involved in the colorization of that one? Possibly. I, it's been a while since we talked about that. I don't remember exactly what I said. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely a, a Ted Turner type coloring, but it wasn't really that bad. Because a lot of people talk about the old uh, Popeye cartoons that were colored, colorized, and those were kind of uh, not so good. No, they aren't. No. But really, if it sounds like we're just stumbling here, it's because Roadrunner really is a short run. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. half Chuck Jones and half someone else. And <laughs> the ones that are someone else are not very good. And the modern interpretations are just not good at all. Yeah. And have you ever seen the, the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner movie? I've heard of it. Yeah, it's actually one of the best of the... It's one of the better uh, compilation movies that they did. It's it's a Chuck Jones one, and it's all Chuck Jones cartoons. And the first half is all Bugs Bunny, and then the second half is one gigantic marathon of of uh, Roadrunner shorts. They just spliced them all together, and it's like it's like a half hour, and it's hysterical. Someone actually spliced together a Roadrunner short where the where a Chuck all Chuck Jones animation where, where the coyote kills the Roadrunner and eats him. <laughs> okay. Because there was one where where the coyote thought he caught the Roadrunner, but what he was eating was actually clay. Mm-hmm. It was actually really really funny because it was because they actually they actually used that uh, they actually used that uh, that animation I was of the two kids I was telling you about. Mm-hmm. It, but you know whoever did the splicing. First, they showed the one where the where he catches him and he's big. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> you wanted me to catch him now. What do I do? Okay. I think this might be one of the ones where it's not Chuck Jones. But yeah, go. No, it look it looks like it. The expression is totally. Uh, you don't think so? Well, how how the lip sort of? Okay, maybe. You see how that lip yeah. lifted up? Yeah, okay, yeah, that's Chuck Jones. Told you! Well, the, the opening running uh, animation was not so good. Uh, not one of not one of uh, Chuck's better run cycles. When, when I saw that lip lifting up, I was like, that's Chuck Jones. Yeah. 
right? Right. And, and here, here's the one that the guy actually spliced together. Yeah, some of these physics just don't work. Like, there's one where the coyote has, like, a sail on his back with an electric mm-hmm. fan. And Mythbusters prove that doesn't work. Well, it's obvious that it doesn't work. <laughs> but Mythbusters did a whole segment about it, too. That's like whenever Popeye would eat a pan, uh, can of spinach and he'd, he'd blow into the sail on his own boat. Yeah. And I'd be like, no, that doesn't work. <laughs> Even as yeah. a kid, I was like, that that shouldn't work. And the thing is, you know, the Wile E. Coyote uh, Roadrunner is the chase formula, which has been done in the past before. You know, we talked about Tom and Jerry. We talked about uh, well, Sylvester, Tom and Dreams, Sylvester, Sylvester and Tweety, yeah, yeah. And, and many other examples. But I, I think that, you know, Wile E. Coyote Roadrunner really, like, defined it because mm-hmm. everything done afterwards was pretty much you know using them mm-hmm. i mean what 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 else is there i mean oh neil i think i just remembered the one you were talking about with with bugs filling in for the roadrunner yeah was bugs like taking pills yeah i think so. yeah because he had to run as fast as the roadrunner so he had to like take acne pills oh geez how do i remember that yeah and halfway through his pills ran out so he had to take more yeah, and I'm pretty sure that's a Chuck Jones one. So it's like, why Chuck, why? Yes. And it's not a bad cartoon. It's just kind of, why subvert the joke like that? Yes. Exactly. Yeah. But but the point is, it it works. Mm-hmm. Right now it works just fine. And uh, and these cartoons, they, they stand on their own. Mm-hmm. You don't need to mess with them too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so it, it is exactly what it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm just kind of like going down through the uh, through the episode count. There actually were a lot of them. How many did Chuck Jones actually do? He did 26 classic ones, then he came back and did another. Oh, he did some during the 80s. Probably for the for probably for the Roadrunner show. Yeah, most likely. So he did about 30 of them. Whereas uh, Rudy, what's his name, only did. Oh, oh my god, he actually didn't do that many. He did maybe like ten. And there was another two done by Robert McKimson. And the big the McKimson ones are okay. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and Frizz did one. I thought we I thought we established Frizz did one. Uh maybe I just forgot. Yeah, there's a Frizz Freeling one. Uh, yeah, I remember you said that one that one wasn't too good. I'll take my own word on that. I won't go back and look. <laughs> I imagine you don't need to go back and look. No, I don't need to. Yep. Yeah. yeah if, if there's one thing I, I could say is wrong with like the new Roadrunner cartoons. It's like, like I said before, people think that the cartoons are the cartoon characters are the stars, and really it's it's the animators. Yep. You can't just replicate Chuck Jones by taking his characters and giving them to someone else who didn't really have the same expertise as a Chuck Jones. Yep. Yeah. And really, really, it's the you know Roadrunner is just one thing. It, it's the gags of the coyote continually failing and getting abused mm-hmm. by physics, the, the the laws of motion. Yeah. You know, getting thrown off a cliff. Yes. That, it's that, always it's always that beautiful picture of him falling off the cliff and the little puff of smoke when he hits. Yeah, the, the whistling sound all the way down, and then that that short pregnant pause when before you hear the poof. Yeah. And it's it's always a thud. It's it, it's always a subdued thud. Yeah. It's not loud. There, there's no scream. I mean, 
that's the thing. There's no scream. There's no loud. There's. It's not a loud thud. It's, it's not a crunch. It's, it's just a very soft. <laughs> it's barely audible, but it's audible enough that you hear it. Yeah. It, it's like it, it, it. Part of it is the landscape is so barren. It's trying to show you how barren it is with with the sound effects too. <laughs> not even a whistle of a wind. It's yeah, and it's not it's not overproduced. It's just. Got just enough reverb to uh, make it sound like it's echoing through a canyon, and that's it. Just enough to make you wince. Yeah. It's it's so soft too. It's that that's the thing. It's 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 almost like there was a lot of thought put into it. I imagine that there wasn't as much as we're giving them credit for, but mm-hmm. still, thought was put into it. That's the point. All right. Well, I think we've talked enough about the Roadrunner. Oh yeah. All right. So. Uh, Tune in next week when we will have a topic of some sort. Come on, Neil. We need we need the schedule again. I know, but I've been really busy lately, and I've just been kind of I've had my my attention divided. Okay. Well, we did get the Sailor Moon episode out. That's oh, that's yeah. one vic- that's one yeah. victory. Uh, let's see here. We need we need topics. We need topics. Uh, listeners, send in topics. Yeah. We'll do them. I mean, we we've, we've got a couple things that we can talk about. We. I know there was a couple show ideas that I had that we haven't done yet. Uh, TMS shows that don't die. Yeah, the that's the one I was thinking of. The uh, the uh, Detective Conan and uh, Conan Conan <laughs> Lupin the Third and they had a crossover. Yeah, they did have a crossover, and it wasn't too bad actually. Well, of course not. There was there it wasn't done just for the sake of uh, of doing a pointless crossover. Yeah, there was a point to it. Although I will say that it felt like a Detective Conan episode that just happened to have Lupin the Third. Lupin. Whatever. <laughs> now I'm just having fun. Technically, neither one of us are pronouncing it correctly. Or would we had Giselle on? She had no idea what the hell we were talking about. Giselle Lagasse. Yeah, Giselle Lagasse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there reminds me. Have you been reading some of the comics she runs? Not lately. See, there the, problem is is, a... the problem is I go there and I get trapped there. So I'm like, boobies. And, you know, I just have to keep reading. Yeah, she's, uh, yeah, she's not, uh, yeah, she's not, uh, <laughs> actually, one of the latest storylines is almost, is, 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 uh, is, uh, on Sandra on the Rocks, which she isn't drawing, but I mentioned she's part of the creative process on, mm-hmm. is where one of the characters is is like modeling at a video game expo, and it turns out that she finds out that she's modeling as her favorite video game character as a child, mm-hmm. and the video game franchise is being reinvented to be all dark and grimy and shit. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I almost want to say this is like a Laura Croft, Samus, uh, all of the above kind of uh, gag. It almost sounds like it. It the way the way you described it, it almost sounds like uh, what they did to Bomberman. Oh, take a look. Take a look. I sent you. I sent it to you. Oh, oh art by Remy. It's nice to see that he's working for someone that I can actually respect. <laughs> you, you you do know when uh, when uh, Bobby hears this, he'll be pissed. Yeah, it's not a matter of if; it is a matter of when. Because Bobby, I swear to God, that guy has Google alerts on his own name. <laughs> it's it's almost like he's full of himself. Yeah, it it's 
It's worse than Beetlejuice. You don't you don't even have to say his name three times. You just have to say it once, and that summons him. So so you're happy to see Remy branching out, huh? Yeah, doing cartoons for someone who uh, you expect. Actually, yeah, it was actually good. You reading it too? Yeah. You know, I, at the same time, I'm a little upset because this is like pushing that Sarkeesian kind of mindset that, you know what I mean? What do you mean? Well, it's like, you know, you know, we don't care about girls playing video games. Oh. I knew the artwork was familiar. I didn't know it was Remy. I recognize it right away. Plus, it says art by Remy Isu. Ah. Uh. Well, it's good that he's branching out and he's diversifying yeah. his portfolio and... Yeah, he he draws the good women. And now he's a part of Pixie Tricks Comics. Yeah. Giselle did really well for herself. Yeah, Giselle's awesome. I know. Pixie Tricks, is that uh, Giselle's comic empire? Yes. Yes, she has an empire. I was going to say, like, every time, every time I look, she's got a new comic. I'm like, what the hell? Well, to be fair, she only draws I know. three of them. Yeah, <laughs> only three. <laughs> well, the th- well, and also to be fair, only Eerie Cuties is a full page. Menage three and Sticky Dilly Buns are both strips. Sticky Dilly Buns. So technically, at most, she is only drawing like one and a half pages between the three of them. Yeah. And you know, Eerie Cuties only updates three days a week, so that's six pages. So, so that's 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 uh. That's three pages a week for that. Menage three updates, uh, you know, Tuesdays and Thursdays and Sundays. So that's another three. So that's uh, and uh, Sticky Dilly Buns only updates. I don't know. And she draws for Archie. That's true. Yeah. That's true. But like and I said, if she doesn't do Penny and Aggie anymore, right? No. Yeah. So, like I said, if you look at it, she, you know, those those, those two strips only update three day, three a day, and they're only strips. So, if you look at, it, she only draws, you know, one, two, three, four. She only draws about six whole comic pages a week. Not bad. And considering that they're all black and white, that's not bad at all. I mean, yeah. that, that's that that's close to what a professional output is. Yeah. But if you also consider that she, you know, she's not drawing, but she is. Part of the creative process for uh, for uh, you know M- Magic Chicks, Dangerously Chloe, Sa- and Sandra on the Rocks, then it becomes a much bigger picture. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and and she works for Archie. Mm-hmm. No, she's she's a she's a busy little bee. Yeah, she is. I think it's just yeah, I think it's just the the per- the person does Magic Chicks also does Dangerously Chloe. I think I don't know anymore, but I think that's what it is. Yeah, Art, Cassandra, Wetterking. Art, Cassandra, Wetterking. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that they're girls that are that's that are doing most most of the art. It it is that it is what it is, you know. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Pixie Tricks Comics. Giselle Lagasse. Yes. She's a friend of ours. Mm-hmm. Friend, of, friend of the show. Friend of the show. We'd like to find a way to get her back on the show, but we need yeah. to come up with a reason. We can't just say, with, hey, we want, we want you back a, because you're cool. We need to come up with an excuse. Yes. I've sent a feeler out to Fred Perry. He has, still hasn't answered yet. Oh. He did say he would. He did. I was on that live stream, and I said, hey, I was told that you, you were interested. And he said, yes, I am. And, and you know, 
kind of makes me a little upset. Let's see. Yeah, it's... yeah it happens. I know. I know. I just... You know, same with Kevin Conroy. He, I talked to him in person and just... I know these things happen. I know. But at the same time, you know, once, once I got confirmation, a verbal confirmation, I, I just wish that, you know, it worked better. I know things, you know, the same thing happened with Ego Raptor. He promised to be on the show. And then he stopped talking to us. I guess he's not so grump. Okay, there were some crickets there. I'm sorry, I was reading something. Okay. You know, in the, in, you know, like in the aughts, there was a Tom and Jerry movie. Yeah. Where they were like racing around the world. Yeah. Done in terrible CG. Well, the characters were like traditionally animated, but all their cars were CG. Hmm. I don't quite remember those. They were racing against like all these other weird characters, like a grandma, and uh, it was like they're trying to do wacky races with made-up characters. Ah. Uh. Though this was a real thing, I remember seeing it on Cartoon Network. This happened. <sighs> And the 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 thing is, there actually are like lots of old uh, Hanna Barbera characters they could have pulled out of the mothballs for this, yeah. but no, they're like, no, we're gonna make up some shit. You don't remember this? Hang on, I'm waiting for the advertisement to finish. Neil, it sounds like you need that block. Oh wow, this looks like shit. <laughs> it's like bugs. What are you doing? Get out of there! <sighs> this is. This is awful. See, this is like the color theory I was talking about where it's just all wrong. It's all pastel. It's all not not pastel but very primary like the grass and the 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 bushes they're they're not just green. They're not just like uh like your normal green uh sort of foliage. I mean, they're they are like primary green. And the sky is it isn't primary blue, but it's like a very typical blue sky. Yeah, but just I I'll I'll get it, you know. Looking at this, I don't get it. I mean, what what's the premise? Tom and Jerry are racing with some of these other wacky characters they created just for this. Is that the premise? I guess. Well, let's fail. That's big time fail. This is so dumb. It it deserves the Tom and Jerry show theme. Which one? You know the one that's like da 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 that one. Oh, the Tom and Jerry Grape Ape show. Yeah. Hey, that's still better than the, uh, than the, you know, I thought you were talking about the, the filmation Tom and Jerry theme. Oh, dun, no. Dun, 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 dun. God, no. Nothing is that bad. <laughs> what is well, the filmation Tom and Jerry is. What is the point of this? I have like, no idea. It's like, when did the joke start? Okay, I see a parody of uh, Peter Perfect. This is yeah. like wacky races without the gags. Without without the without the Hanna Barbera people. Yeah. This one. Yeah, that one. Well, like I said, if you see Jerry with a bow tie, change the channel. Yeah. Like I said, at least it's not the filmation Tom and Jerry. Nothing is that bad. Yeah, that one was bad. <sighs> yep. Yeah, looking at the color theory of this Tom and Jerry the filmation did is just terrible. Oh yeah, that's that's positively the worst. 
even with the age the animation has. And Lou Scheimer and Norm Prescott. Yeah, I told you about how when I was a kid, I I could pick out like all the different styles of the Tom and Jerry cartoons. And no one else could. Yeah, it was like it was really annoying. I'm like, it was, it was, it was all the same way. I was like, can't you tell that this one's crap? Yeah, it's like, it's like, okay, there are four different styles. There's, there's the filmation ones because I knew what filmation was because that that logo that they put at the beginning of all their cartoons, I just associated that name with crap. Like, okay, there's the filmation ones, there's the bow tie ones, then there's like the Looney Tunes ones because I didn't know it was Chuck Jones, but I could tell it was like Looney Tunes. Yes. And then there's then there's like the the regular the classic, ones. The classic. They're the classic ones. Which... Well, there were two eras of classic ones. There was the MGM ones, and then there were the, uh, and then there were the later. They were all MGM. MGM. Well, yeah. all the theatrical ones were MGM. I know, but there was the two eras of the MGM yeah. ones. Like there were the really early ones where yeah. it was, uh, where it, it was much more of a theatrical stylized one where where everything was beautifully super detailed. Yeah. And then there were the later ones, like the one where, where Tom speaks Spanish. Yeah. Yeah, the, the the later it got, they sort of they sort of you could sort of see the transformation to the to the early Hanna Barbera television cartoons because they were starting to adopt the, the color theories, but the animation was the quality was still good. Yeah. But yeah, that was uh, the name the name of that show was uh, you know that was uh, that was Mucho Mouse was the name of that. Yeah, that's a good one. And uh, I was talking to Neil about this last week, and uh, the funny thing is, uh, you know, Neil was saying, oh, well, you know, Tom should never speak. And I'm like, no, it's funny when Tom speaks, because when Tom speaks, he, he he's very awkward, but he does speak, and that's funny. I don't think I said he should never speak. I just said that I, – I think my, my phrase was that Wiley Coyote speaking is not as jarring as when Tom speaks. I didn't – I didn't say that I hated when Tom speaks. But but Tom speaks far more often than Wiley ever did. He does. But... And when he does, it's a very funny audio joke. Yeah. Like when he speaks Spanish. Yeah. And it's always the same guy, as long as it was the Hanna-Barbera ones. It, uh, it is. These are... Yeah. Well, well, well yeah. this is MGM, but it's, uh, it's Hanna and Barbera working on him. Yeah. Yeah, and the... Uh, it wasn't just Hanna, Hanna and Barbera. It was... Uh, they pretty much had their their television staff working. Right. What would what would be their television staff working on these cartoons? I mean, you'll see the it, for layouts. It credits Ed Benedict. Ed Benedict is the guy who came up with uh, with the Flintstone model. Yes, and he and he worked on a lot of the Tex Avery cartoons too. You could tell because they some of the Tex Avery cartoons have the have the parrot mouth for that you would normally associate with the Flintstones. Oh, here, here's, here's Tom's thing. I'm not synced up with you. <laughs> I love how he has a Southern American accent. <laughs> and th- this era actually has another one of my favorite, uh, Tom and Jerry's, uh, Timid Tabby. You remember that one? Oh, yeah, that's the one where, oh, I, I don't remember who that voice actor is, but he kind of has that, that really raspy wussy voice what, what it is 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 that tom has a cousin yeah who is a coward and this is actually one of the, one of the times where tom actually wins yeah and that voice like i said i can't remember the name of that voice actor you know i think it's it's one of the droopy voices it is and yeah. like i said what i love about that is this is one of the few times tom won yeah and what I loved is how they did the standing behind each other thing and made themselves look like a monster. Yeah. 
with two heads and four arms. Yeah. See, when Tom wins, Tom wins royal. Big. Yeah. And what I love is it's not just he wins; he helps his he helps his cousin. Yeah. So he it's it, it's it's like you know it's 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 more than just a little victory; it's a big victory for Tom. Yeah. Because some unlike the Roadrunner cartoons, sometimes it felt like like Jerry won just a little too much, and so yeah. it's nice to get to have Tom actually win once in a while. Right. You know what I just realized is that this cartoon should be like super widescreen. This is this is one of those. One of those cartoons that had like, uh, God, what aspect ratio was it? It's, it's not even it's not even like sixteen by nine. It's like it's like major widescreen, and this this has it like four by three, which it should not be at all. Mm. Like when you, it zoomed in on something where you looked at a piece of paper, and it was really obvious that there was much more that we should be seeing. Yes, Senorita. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, Tim and Tabby is one of my favorites because you know, like you said, when Tom wins, he wins big. Yeah. And and like I said, to me, I like it because it's not it's not just a little victory; it's a very big moral victory because it's Tom being a nice guy helping his cousin. Yeah. Versus just you know just getting it back at Jerry. Yeah. This orange cat, he appeared in a few different cartoons. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. He, he he's sometimes an antagonist, sometimes a friend. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what his name is. I know the black cat is sometimes named Butch. Yeah, I think I think he showed up in that one cartoon where where Tom and G- Tom had a party when his uh, when Mammy was out playing yeah. poker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, I I almost feel like I could get in trouble for just saying her name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with 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 all with all these you know all these politically correct people. Oh, you can't call her that, but that's her name. You can't call her that. I, I don't know that anyone says that you can't call her that. I mean, that's who she is. That's, she happened. That's what her name is. <laughs> yeah, but some people just don't like history. Yeah. Yep. Mammy. I mean, what's the name of Jerry's uh, Jerry's uh, nephew? Uh, you know what? I think that character had two names. One was Nibbler. Wait, was it? No. No, uh, not it was never Nibbler. You're thinking of someone else completely. You're thinking yeah. of someone completely different. Oh, I'm thinking of the Chuck Jones character, aren't I? Um, I'll say. <laughs> no, it was. Uh, God damn it! I'm gonna have to look it up. I know he had two different names. Jerry's nephew. That should actually get it. Okay, Nibbles. Jerry's nephew. I thought he had a different name. I can, I can. I'm okay with Nibbles. He actually showed up a lot. What's the name of the duck? Oh, uh, you know, for the longest time, I I didn't even realize that duck had a name. Uh, as I go diving into Wikipedia, <laughs> okay, uh, you know that you know that one where where Mammy's out uh, playing cards. Yeah, you actually you can actually freeze frame it and see Mammy's face when she's running down the street. Yeah. <laughs> And her face is actually not as bad as you'd think it'd be. Yeah. Because you you, you know people are like, oh, th- this is this is back when they were doing blackface gags the whole time. Yeah. And and it actually it's 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 actually quite normal. She looks very gelatinous. I know, but you you get my point. It's, yeah. It, I, you, you're expecting something horrible with yeah. this era of animation. <laughs> it's like, oh, what what you what you do. What'd you do, Hannah and Barbara? What'd you do? It's like, oh, uh, that that's kind of actually not bad. Right? Right. 
But that looks that looks like they didn't even design the face. That was like, okay, we have to actually draw her for one frame. So they kind of like, uh, maybe they kind of like uh, just drew one in on the fly. That's really not a very developed design. Which is true, yeah. but the but the point remains that that animators like the like throwing gags in 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 things like that though, you know. Like, oh, no one will see this, so I want to do something really bad. Or, you know, oh, no one will see this, so I'll put in a picture of a naked girl. The rescuers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Maybe I was thinking of Spike. Spike has two names. Sometimes he was called Butch, <laughs> even though the cat was named Butch. And there was also a, 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 a Tex Avery character, a dog character, that had both the names uh, Spike and Butch. That was kind of a weird thing back then. Well, you know those animators, they never talk to each other. Yeah. I mean, sometimes they do. Maybe. Okay, Quacker is the name of the little yellow duck. Quacker? Yeah. I heard another name. Another name? Yes. You might be thinking of Yaki Doodle. That's it. Who is technically a different character. Sounds and looks exactly the same. Well, Yaki Doodle is green. But yeah, it's like they barely changed the character design. Because <laughs> they, I remember that because there was a whole Harvey Birdman about him. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of weird. I don't know how they got away with that. How uh, Hanna-Barbera basically, they couldn't use Tom and Jerry when they went to TV. But somehow they, they said, okay, we're going to use Quacker, but we're going to turn him to Yaki Doodle. We're even going to use the same voice actor and not change him at all. No, no, it's a different voice actor. Really? Yeah, Yaki Doodle was voiced by Jimmy Weldon. Okay. And Quacker was voiced by Red Coffee. Oh, really? Yes. How about that? How about that? Well, there's only so many different ways you can voice a duck. I know. Unless you voice, unless you ignore the whole duck thing. Yeah. I mean, that was basically the same voice as Donald. I mean, you, you 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 either do the Disney thing where you, where you talk with a quack in your voice, mm-hmm. or you do the or you do the uh, or you do the uh, Warner Brothers thing where you talk with a lisp, with a speech impediment. Okay, Tuffy was the other name of the of the little gray mouse. I okay. knew there was a second name. God, that was gonna so drive Yaki me nuts. Doodle is not Quacker. Technically not, but it's still kind of the same character. It's I mean, like even on the, even in the that. Wikipedia article, he's it says Little Quacker the Duckling, who was also adapted into Hanna Barbera as Yaki Doodle. I so, mean, it, it's 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 almost as obvious as uh, you know as Mumbly and Muttley. Yeah. Which is basically we need we need to steal Muttley from ourselves and throw some Columbo on top. Yeah, that didn't make any sense. Did How many kids ju- watched Columbo back then? None, but you know, <laughs> when you're trying to find a way to make it better, aren't you? No, I'm not trying to find a way to make it better. It's just like <laughs> it's not like it's not like this has no precedent. I mean, uh, look at look at all those silly voices that uh, that Dawes Butler did. They were based on like they were based on like real actors. I mean, he he had a Jimmy Durante voice. He had uh, an Ed Norton voice, and it's like he's doing cartoons for kids, and yet he's referencing stuff that. It's like primetime sitcoms. Well, the best cartoons do that, like uh, 
Like uh, 34 in Venture Brothers was based off of Ray Romano's voice. Yeah. Yeah, that's like that's like one of the few cartoons that do does that anymore. Now it's like now the way they think again, you know, when you have soccer moms in the in the uh, God, I'm gonna get so much hate mail for this. Are you a misogynist? No, I'm just pointing out that people who aren't cartoon writers should not be in charge of cartoons. <laughs> it's you have these people who are like, well, instead of uh, instead of having people who are doing impersonations of of uh, of famous people, let's just have the famous people. It's like let's let's have uh, iCarly do a cartoon voice because who you the know, fuck's iCarly? Oh, it's 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 a Nickelodeon. I think it's Nickelodeon. Maybe it's Disney Channel. I don't know. It all blurs together, doesn't it? Yeah, it's like I don't know. I'm not actually looking this up. You should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah, I, I actually don't know who who the the actor says. Oh, it's no one I've ever heard of. Okay, that kind of defeats the purpose. I mean, what what the fuck is with all these t- teen sitcoms like Wizards yeah. of Waverly Place? Uh, uh, I don't know. The only reason I really know about this show is because my sister's kids like watch this crap, and I don't know why. See, I actually was in an argument with this about a coworker where a coworker says, "I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna take my kids to see Smurfs too," and I said, "Well, if I'm ever a father, I wouldn't show them animated crap." And he's like, "You don't understand." I'm like, "No, I do understand," because I-, I would control what cartoons my kids would watch. Why is the iCarly article on Wikipedia locked? But you, you get my point. It's like you, you wouldn't have your kids watching Law and Order. No. Well, actually, I would, but that's that's a different story. It depends on which episode. But the point is, it's it's if if you go that far, you say, oh well, all cartoons are safe. It's like no, they aren't. Because you can't say, well, all cartoons are good for kids. Because does that mean all law shows are good for adults? All police dramas are good for adults? Because you just said all cartoons are good for kids. No, they aren't. Well, I'm showing my kids Smurfs too. I was like, why? It's crap. Don't. Wait for a good animated something or other. Don't show them bad animated stuff. You know, there's without... a lot to choose from, sadly. My DVD collection. Yeah. Oh. You'd be surprised how kids like kids today just depressingly have no interest to watch good cartoons. Well, that's the thing. I would only make sure that you know, when I was growing up, I was only allowed one hour of TV a day. Wow. So I made it Batman. <laughs> I mean, when I was a kid, I got so frustrated with uh, with the way cartoons were that I actually started getting into into the uh, into like uh, Yogi Bear because I couldn't, I just couldn't take it anymore. I'm like, well, at least these are they're, cleverly they're, animated. They're cleverly animated. I, I wasn't gonna say well animated. I understand. That's more of a technical thing because of what the budget was, but uh, there was some expression put in. Yeah, there was some expression put in. There was comedy put in. They were well written. And oh god, I want to I want to punch people who are like, well, that's that's poorly animated. I'm like, fuck you. That that the ranger doesn't even look the same in each cartoon. Fuck you. Like if that if you're gonna nitpick that, you don't you don't understand. Sailor, sailor moon. You still looking for that? I'm not looking for it. I know it's not released yet, but I'm you're hoping. You're hoping. Great. I'm hoping that one day someone's gonna put that out there. Because once it's out there, it's out there for good. Everyone has it. Yeah. I mean, they should just they should just say, you know, 
next time if they ever release it on on DVD or Blu-ray again, the the original Sailor Moon cartoon, they should they should get that and put it on there and be like, hey, this is on the set, and then watch everyone just fall over themselves to go get it. <laughs> yeah, just like the new the Blu-ray Star Wars release. Yeah. Oh my God, the Boba Fett cartoon. <laughs> The only thing worth it, worth it out of the out of the holiday special. Yeah. No one wants to watch B. Arthur as a as a bartender, do they? No. No or one wants to watch some, <laughs> No one wants to see some lame Jefferson Starship video. Were they Starship by then? I don't. I don't know. That that band is so confusing. Is it they're like? Aren't they currently like a hovercraft or something? No, I think they are back to being Jefferson Starship. It's like. Certain people have to be in the band in order for it to be Jefferson Starship, otherwise it's just Starship. What about Jefferson Airplane? Have you ever tried to make sense of the lineage of Jefferson Airplane, Jefferson Starship, and Starship? First there was Skyward Sword. Oh, God. No, it's like... <laughs> Jefferson Airplane existed under like a certain lineup, or a certain percentage of the lineup had to be there for it to be Jefferson Airplane. And then they kind of broke apart but like half the band still remained so they became jefferson starship and it brought in like a couple more guys but the guys they brought in would eventually become the core of what would just be starship and eventually everyone who was in jefferson airplane left and until there was no one left and so the the last lineup of starship had no one who was in jefferson airplane so it's like it, it's it's such a confusing mess it's like it's one of those rare bands where like uh where like the beginning lineup is not the same at all as the ending lineup. There's like no original members. <laughs> See, it's easier with Crosby Steels, Nash and Young because yeah. when when Young's not there, it's just Crosby Steels, Nash. Yeah. And that's all you need to know. It's easier that way. CCR is a little confusing too. Yeah, CCR. What about the L- LA Guns and Velvet Revolver? LA Guns, Velvet Revolver. Guns and Roses. Yes. Let's let's hear the story. Oh, that's. Uh, I don't I don't know. I just know that uh, the guns and gun or no the, yeah the the guy who was who was the guns and Guns and Roses left before they became popular. So who's Velvet Revolver then? Velvet Revolver. Um, I don't know. Were they even part of that mess? Well, the mythical figure slashes. Okay. Velvet Revolver is an American rock band subgroup consisting of former Guns N' Roses members Slash, Duff, and Matt. Okay. So it's basically everyone except uh, Axl Rose. Axl Rose, yeah. So it's everyone that's good. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know Slash is actually a mythical figure. He's he, he's somebody's dad. <laughs> Forming a Slash. <laughs> yes, I'm referencing South Park. Yes. You know, you know, Slash actually had a funny reaction to that episode of South Park. Yeah, he tweeted, "I'm not real." <laughs> I, I think, I think, I think the celebrities enjoy that when they sort of become something big because yeah. because Trey and Matt like like their music or something. You've made me a meme. Yes, I think they enjoy that. Yeah, versus. Uh, Versus the other thing, you know, if they're made fun of, then, you know, you, you take it two ways. Either, oh, this is funny, or, 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 how dare South Park do this to me? 
I mean, when the when what's it called? Fucking uh, fucking uh, Honey Boo Boo got upset over South Park. It's like, but are they wrong? No, they're not wrong. Then why are you mad? It's not liable to tell the truth. <laughs> that's actually in the law. It's you know, a good a good defense against a libel suit is is by saying you told the truth. Yeah. That's pretty much the only defense. <laughs> it's the correct defense, but yeah. Spider-Man threat or menace. Threat or menace. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You don't think that's funny? I that's hysterical, because it that almost slips by, and then you're like, wait, wait, what did he just say? Well, you know, it's, it's John Semper, threat or yeah. menace? Uh, both, all of the above. <laughs> what I love is people still quote his shit. Like, yeah, yeah, the Fox Batman cartoon was totally gonna get another season. I'm like, no, they were at 65 episodes. And they quote what he said, what John Semper claims is gospel of, no, no, they were gonna get another season. I'm like, no, they weren't. They hit 65 episodes. Don't you understand how cartoons work? And I literally have to like sh- show them a list of old cartoons. Like, What's the episode count of this cartoon series? 65 episodes. What's the episode count of this series? 65 episodes. What's the episode count of Spider-Man? Well, 65 episodes. But! See, you shouldn't use 65 episodes as the gospel. I mean, I I pointed that out because that's, that's, the, that's the base number that would have gotten like a syndicated run. But... You know, I could I could see that maybe someone at Fox like promised them something and then noticed, oh wait a minute, we have enough that we can sell it into syndication. We don't really have to fund this crap anymore. So he, yeah. they very much, they very well could have been writing new episodes and then got the rug pulled out from underneath them. But at the same time, you were producing shit. You should have known that it would have ended. Yeah. Because what they promised was, because that's the thing, John Semper promised all sorts of shit of, you know, and talked smack about all his contemporaries. Yeah. And my, I mean, the man wasn't in the slightest sense humble or, 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 or polite or, or showed any work ethic. He threw people under the bus. He, he talked smack of, of everyone involved. He talked smack of some people who were involved back in the old, uh, in the old, uh, in the older animation days, in the old uh, in the old Sunbow days, mm. he threw some people back from the Sunbow days under the bus about the thing. He said, "Like, what's her name?" Su- I think he actually threw Susan Blue under the bus. Oh wow! Yeah, you see, that's that's what I'm saying. He's saying other people who have like real cred in the animation industry, he was throwing under the bus, but he was blameless for all the faults with that cartoon. That that that's where I get sick of him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He he couldn't take ownership of anything they did wrong. You know, your cartoon really didn't have any hitting or or superhero stuff. Well, that's that that's Batman's fault and Power Rangers' fault because they got all the violence in there first, and the censors censors wised up. And and like I said, he does that all the time. So like it's it's, it's really surprising that people just keep on quoting him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I showed an episode of Fox Spider-Man to to, uh, to to Wayne Howard once. You know what he said to me? Get this shit off my TV. Well, actually, he said this is nowhere near as good as the DC stuff. Wow. Because I showed a Batman the Animated Series and Superman, and mm-hmm. it, which he liked both a lot. And then I showed him that, and he's like totally, completely turned off because it's like 
this isn't this isn't what Spider-Man's supposed to be, you know, because he drew Spider-Man. Totally wussified and doesn't look like Peter Parker. No. Lizard keeps hitting that one wall. Yes. You you know you know what's really funny is that when I when Abby was on the show and we were talking about that one guy I knew in high school, Jonathan Bears, who was obsessed with Sailor Moon, the total Aspie kid. Yeah. She's the one that's she's the one that said sounds like a case of Asperger's. <laughs> Remember? Yes. I don't have a problem with people with Asperger's. I really don't. It's 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 just when the parents you don't don't try to like force some I hate I hate the word normalcy, but normalcy into them. Yeah. It's like, oh, they're being different. Let's 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 let them be as different as can be and and <laughs> then they They're differently abled. They're handy capable. Well, did they ever tell you about Chris Atkinson in high school? No. Now, he was a total Aspie. Mm. And uh, what happened was there was this big, big black football player named Lafayette. You told me the story. This is about him pissing on the football player. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You've told this story like four times now. <laughs> I'm just saying that that's what happens when you encourage the let's let them be different bullshit. Yeah. Not, honey, you have to be normal enough that you don't get arrested. <laughs> right? You're right. Because because the thing is, it, there's there's between tolerance and acceptance, you know. Yeah. You you tolerate a crying baby, you don't accept it. The Lafayette story's hilarious, Neil. I mean, did you go to school with some Aspies? Yeah, but they were pretty much ignored. No, no one weird incident. No, no weird incidents. Oh, well, that makes me sad. Because that's the one thing that makes life go around a good, funny, weird incident. Or a teacher having a Dom flashback. Oh, God. That, yeah, that's like the weirdest <laughs> thing that ever happened to me in school. <laughs> well, those are the stories people... Well, people want to hear more of your, your DeviantArt horror stories, too. Uh, there's not really a lot much more to tell. It's just... Fucking furries. Yeah, fucking furries. That's basically what it amounts to. Occasionally I'll get someone who'll be like, can you comment on some of my artwork? I really enjoy yours. And I'll go, and it's like, Emma's paint nightmares. <laughs> like, really, what do you want me to say? I can't even begin to criticize this, because you're not even, like, at the level where I, I could seriously consider you, like, professional. I don't even consider myself professional. Check my messages here. Oh, the pogs are starting to return. Yeah, I saw that. You think that has to do with us? No. Oh. Shit. But it's not completely filled out, so maybe they're still having uh, traffic issues. Yeah. Not having, enough, not having enough comics that really update. What? Dossian's cat's name is Critter? Yeah. So when is the real costume coming? The real costume is like two, two and a half chapters away. The real costume. <laughs> The one where I don't have to explain where it goes when she's not dressed as the superhero. <laughs> the real costume. Well, you don't you don't like that terminology. I don't know that one's one's necessarily the real costume over the other. I think they're both valid, validly the the signature costume. It's just that one's easier to write for than the other. All right. So when's the real real costume coming? <laughs> In a couple of chapters. Okay. <laughs> Because this, this storyline is actually pretty close to wrapping up. 
Oh. Yeah. So, oh, I got a story to tell you. I think okay. you'll like. All right. Um, you, you know, I was talking about how Dallas StripCon basically kept on saying August 2013. Yeah. And now it's August 2013. The site's still not up. Yeah. I found out why. Oh, yeah. You told me, like, uh, the guy who runs it had, like, a parting of ways with two other guys or something like that. And the two other guys said that they could run it, and they didn't. And he's really pissed off about it. He's going to try to get the name back. If he can't, he'll use another name. But next year, we're gonna. there's going to be a, 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 a webcomic show in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and we're trying to get that organized. Mm. He wants me to help him because he says I, he knows I'm a go-getter. So. Mm-hmm. I told Thomas Ravor, and Thomas Thomas Ravor wants to get involved as well because back in the day he used to he used to arrange all the sci-fi conventions in the area. That's awesome. So if we can get like a DFW-based uh, webcomic expo going and get it like really going, this might be ground zero for something new, Neil. Excellent. Don't you think so? I think so. You know, with a podcasting panel that people can actually attend. Because the last time I did a podcasting panel, it was just it was basically five guys standing, you know, sitting sitting at the panel and two people in the audience. <laughs> That's the one I was on with Fess. Yeah. Where Fess was eating the burger. The giant burger. Yes. Which was very rude to those two people that were there, I might have to add. You know what I mean? Yeah. Human tragedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was the best part of that show. It's like, no, Fester, are you a tragedy? The, that was what I was telling you about the Stetson. Yeah, I know. Showed up at a Stetson. Dork. <laughs> it's like, he might as well have just shown up in the in the cowboy outfit from the beginning of uh, Back to the Future 3. He was wearing a blue cowboy shirt. I had the picture. You saw it. I Yeah. Yeehaw! Fez is going to eat this burger. <laughs> and like I did a Google image search for disgusting burger and like took me no time at all to find one. <laughs> Yeehaw! Fez is going to chat the hell this burger. <laughs> the day the clown cried. Fancy Brown is always the villain. Who the hell is Ben Heck? <laughs> Remember is that, that- what- that's that's I, that's where I threw in the clip of uh, of uh, of Blanchard <laughs> saying who's Ben Hack. Wicker Man comedy, Possumous Woman. Yeah, yes. I gotta listen to this special again. Yeah, that that's the one, that was like a clip show. Yeah. All right. Well, I'd rather you go game late. Yeah. All right. Good night.